0: And God's Holy Spirit is just so sweet here tonight, and we certainly appreciate that. But I thought about, you know, God's Word. I'm convinced tonight that God's Word has truly been inspired by His Spirit, and how that man had pinned it down. And, you know, you think about how it's how it's ordered, and the 66 books of the Bible, and and i thought about the book of jude when we begin to read and begin to study and look at a few of these things and and i thought about you know the book of revelation i'm convinced tonight that the book of revelation is no doubt there's no other book like it and how it describes the second coming of the lord jesus and 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 no no doubt that Uh, There's no other book that in great detail and the detail that it describes and shows so vividly uh, the second coming of the Lord Jesus. And I thought just prior to the book of Revelation concerning the second coming of the Lord Jesus, I believe uh, Jude penned down some of the, the greatest things that I believe that you and I can see concerning what the world the condition of the world and the condition of our nation the condition of of our individuals if you will ourselves if you will of, of what th- those conditions would be like just prior to the coming of the Lord Jesus and how that we can see some of those things here tonight there there are 25 verses in the book of Jude and how that we, we understand that this is what is considered, Jude is considered to be the half-brother of Jesus. And how that, you know, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Ghost and Mary gave birth to that, that little boy, being a virgin and little babe. And, and how that later on her and Joseph married and they had sons and daughters. And, and Jude is considered to be a brother, a half-brother of Jesus. And, you know, I believe there was a period of time perhaps that Jude did not believe. In the Lord Jesus, there was probably a period of. Could you imagine? You think about it. Now, let's not be hypocritical, or, or uh, let's not be quick to judge. And and but you think about where Jude was at. If your older brother would come to you and say, "Hey, I'm God," what would we think about that? And how would we consider those things? And you know, even. Even Mary herself, the Bible says in several different places that Mary pondered these things in her heart. They didn't quite understand in those days just who Jesus was and and what all these things were about. And you know, we even know that, that Jesus... When he began his earthly ministry, he went down uh, to Nazareth there. And remember, he began to teach and preach. And it wasn't long that his very own family took him out to the brow of the hillside and was about to throw him off. Remember that? And how that his own family rejected him. How his own family... Uh, Refused him, but you know, I believe that later on, that I I believe this. I believe after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and I believe this. I believe that God was putting his seal upon Jesus, he was putting his stamp upon uh, his stamp of approval upon the Lord Jesus. And after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, I believe that Jude looked and saw, Hey, there was something about this man, there's something special about this man, Jesus, And, and how no doubt that he was converted and i believe that he penned these words here no doubt inspired by the holy spirit of god but you know i believe that we can see in the words that jude wrote here in these 25 verses that i believe we can see the how the you think about what the world is going to be like just prior to the coming the second coming of the lord jesus and i believe that we're right there I believe we're right there at it. But you know, I want you to notice this. Just a few things, and I'll share with you. Uh, but I want you to notice this. First of all, in the first three verses, you can see that uh, I believe the greatest thing that I would say here, or I would see with my own eyes, is simply this in verse number three, where Jude said that we ought to contend for the faith. Contend for the faith. If you notice, look, he said there in verse number 3, he said, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. See, he wanted to write about the common salvation. But he thought it's more needful that he wrote uh, concerning that we ought to contend for the faith. Now you think about this. I believe this. I believe that in the last days there's going to be quitters. In the last days, there's going to be ones that turn their back on the Lord. There's going to be ones that turn their back on on church. There's going to be ones that walk away from their first love, if you will. There's going to be ones that lay down their cross and leave the church and turn their back on God. There are going to be used to be. There are going to be has-been's. There are going to be ones that have left the faith. And I believe that Jude is, is encouraging us to contend for the faith. To fight for the faith. It's utmost important that we keep the... If there's ever been a day that we need to keep the faith, guess what? It's today we need to be faithful to the house of God and we need to be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm convinced of that today. We ought to contend for the faith. He told us, Jesus said there in Matthew chapter number 24, He said that the love of many would wax cold. Did He not? Is that not what He said? And then Paul wrote in Second, I believe it was... Second Thessalonians, he said that concerning the last days, that there is going to be a great falling away. And we're seeing those things right this very day. We're seeing the, this great falling away. Now, he said to contend for the faith. You think about the half-heartedness of Christians, and you think about that tonight, and, and how that, you know, when I was a kid... When I got saved and even before so, you know what? Church was our life. Everything revolved around church. We couldn't do this because it interfered with church. Now you think about that and how we've we've progressed today and we've got away from those things and now if we can squeeze church in fine, if we can't, We'll catch the next service. We'll we'll, we'll catch this one. You think about that tonight and how that we've gotten away from that. We've gotten away from our faithfulness. We've got away from being faithful to the house of God. We've got away from being faithful to God Himself. And I dare say, if we sit at home, We're faithful in reading and studying and meditating upon the Lord and praying the way that we should. Let me just say this. I've said this before and I'll say it again probably, but seven days without church makes one week. You can spell week either way you want to. You think about that and how important it is that we contend for the faith. You know, sometimes we, we come in here on a Sunday morning and we'll flop down as though we're impressing God. You think about it. And then we'll get 91 here this morning. I think as they they drifted in a little bit later, I I tried to count, but I think I come up with 76 altogether here tonight. So we're down about 20 to 25% from this morning. Where are they at? And then you know what will happen? We'll lose another 25 to 30% Wednesday night. Amen. Contending for the faith. Be faithful to the house of God. You know what? uh, you think about this and how I thought, where are the people at? Where's their faithfulness? Contending for the faith. You know, 33 years ago, three weeks from today will make 33 years that this little boy got saved. I'm excited about that. There's so. There's something that stirs down in my heart when I begin to think God saved a little old boy. And He's kept me all these years. And I've tried to be faithful all the days of my life. I'd like to stand here and tell you that I've always got it right. Always done it right, but I can't do that. But you know what? God has never left me. God has never failed me, not one time. There's been times when i fell flat on my face and I've hit the dirt and the dust flew. But I didn't have to lay there. Thank God that I cried out to Him and He picked me up and set me back on that firm foundation. And thank God I'm where I'm at today, 33 years later. But you know what? I look back down through time and I see the ones that have lost the faith. They've left the church. they left the house of God. They've left their first love. And my heart is broken. You know, I think back over the last 33 years as God has saved that little boy long ago. I think about those ones that have left. You know what? It would probably fill this church over and over again. Just the ones that I know of that have left the faith. And how Jude encourages us to contend for the faith. To fight for the faith. How important it is that we stay faithful to the house of God. You know, I believe in the latter days, that there's going to be an inconsistency. in, in You think about that. How, how important it is that we stay consistent. Persistent, if you will, to the house of God. You know, notice this. In verse number 4 through number 10, He talks about uh, the corruption of the flesh. You take notice of that. In verses 4 through number 10, He talks about Corruption of the flesh. In fact, number, in verse number 7. He talks about strange flesh. Does he not? Look there in verse number 7. He says even as Sodom and Gomorrah. And the cities about them are like in like manner. Giving themselves over to fornication. And going after what? Strange flesh. Also look in verse number 8. He talks about filthy dreamers. Now you think about that. He says likewise also these filthy dreamers. And then. Then in verse number 10. If you look down to verse number 10. He calls them brute beasts. Now you know what that is? That's animals. He compares the way that we have gone. And drifted so far from the Lord. He compares us to beasts. And compares us to animals. You think of where we've gotten. You think of where we've come from. And where we've gotten. And the mess. And the mistakes that we've made. But you know. I thought about this I, I thought about they're looking looking back at that filthy dreamers it, it talks about uh, you know that that is something that is that is unnatural that is something that that, that is not nowhere near uh, natural concerning our, our, our human flesh if you will you know I, I thought about how immoral we have gotten you think about that how awful we've gotten and how sin has progressed in our lives. And, and I thought about this. And you know that in Genesis. I want to look back there real quick. And read uh, verse number 5. In Genesis chapter number 3. It says this. It says. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, you know for that reason, that's why God destroyed this world with flood. Not because of what they were doing. Not because of what they did. But it was because of their thoughts and the imaginations of their heart. Now, let you, you think about that tonight. We don't have to go out here and do it, but we ponder on it, and we think about it, and we dwell upon it, and for that reason, we shall be destroyed as well if we're not careful. How we got to contend for the faith and fight for the faith and be faithful to the house of God so these things won't come upon us. But you know, I believe that uh, Jude is talking about a reviving of the days of Noah concerning the last days that we live in. And Jesus said Himself, He said that uh, as in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Man, Son of Man be. And you think how those days were. Jesus spelled it out plainly in Matthew chapter number 24. The things concerning the coming of his his second coming now you think about this i thought about you know Something that that bothers me and something that's been on my mind for a long time now. But you know there is absolutely no excuse whatsoever for these pedophiles to molest these young children. You think about the imaginations that they're the, the thoughts that they're running through their their minds. You think about this tonight and how that it is unnatural and how that we we become brute beasts if you will. And what what the word tells us right here and how that we're filthy dreamers, we're depraved, we're sinners. Do you think? about that tonight. It absolutely is no excuse why these, these men and these women molest and, and, and harm these little baby children. My goodness, that upsets me and it bothers me. There's something that, that stirs me down deep and makes me upset about that tonight. But, but you know what? You, you, it, you can't hardly even allow your child to sit up on someone else's lap anymore. You know that? For fear what might happen. You can't even allow your child to go uh, spend a day at a, a neighbor's home for fear of what may happen to your child. We can't even uh, trust them to go out into the backyard and play in the backyard. You know, when I was a kid, we never had to worry about those things. You think about it—just a few short years ago, how that we, mom and dad, would let us run that holler. I mean, just from one end of it to the other, because they knew that we were going to be okay. Now it wor I got a sixteen year old daughter and it worries me to death every time she gets out here in the vehicle and just drives around town by herself. Worried to death of what might happen. Who's gonna bump into her intentionally and then in, have whatever do whatever they want to with her? And how that crosses my mind all the time and I'm worried about it. That's where we're living today. And Jude said that's where we're going to be just prior to the coming of the Son of Man. The second coming of the Lord Jesus. Now you think about this. In verses number 11 through verses number 21 you'll find that there is a rise in false religion among the churches. You can see that. In verses number 11 through verses number 21 if you'll look I think it's in verse number eleven. It gives three different illustrations of false religion that are coming. Look in verse number. 11. It says, "Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward." There's the second one, and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. There's the third one, and how those three, those three uh, false. Uh, religions have come in, but you know what? There's one thing common about those three false religions. You know what it is? It's simply this they're offering religion without blood. You think about that tonight? Jesus, the, the Word of God tells me that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Thank God there was a man that went to a cross, be- For my sin. Because I had sinned. Because I was guilty of sin. I was lost and dying. Without hope in this life. Without Jesus. But thank God. He went to the cross. And shed his precious blood. I believe just for even me. And because of that. I can be saved today. And know that I've been born again. And know that I am on my way to heaven. These are the things that we're seeing. Concerning the last days. That we're living in. Notice this. It talks about. You know, when when churches despise the truth and when churches get away from the truth and and how that, my goodness, you know, when God, when a church decides to get away from the truth, God will leave that church. You know what will happen? That church will die. That church is dead without God in it. You know what? I want to be where God's at. I want to be where the Holy Spirit of God's at and where I can feel His presence in my heart and in my life. But, but notice this. He tells us there, I believe in the latter part of verse number 12. He says that those, notice what, and we'll read verse 12. He says, these are spots in your feast of charity. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water, carried about of winds. Trees whose fruit withereth without fruit. Twice dead. Notice this. It says twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Now, you can go out here and you can cut down a bush. You can cut it flat off to the ground. You know what? A few weeks later, you know what will happen? It will begin to sprout back. Will it not? It will begin to grow back. You'll see a little bit of life there. But you know what? You go out here and you pull that thing up by the roots. And you know what's going to happen? It's dead. It no longer exists. And I believe that's what... That's what Uh, Jude is telling us here in these verses tonight that you think about these churches that are rising up. You think about this. It talks about um, in verse number 16. Notice this. It says, These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words. You ever think about that word swelling and what it means? You know, when you think about why did he use? Why did he use that terminology? You know, when you think about swelling, it, it it is something that is rotting or decaying from the inside out. You think about when life leaves this body as we know it, and as I understand that, when life leaves this body as we know it, there's some there's processes that happens to this body. And I believe that the oxygen no longer is in the blood. The blood is no longer flowing. The blood is no longer moving. And and I believe the blood, am I right when I say it coagulates? Which means it begins to to harden, if you will. Begins to dry out, if you will. And, And from that time on, from that point on, this body begins to deteriorate. It begins to decay, but it does not start from the outside. It don't start with your hair. It don't start with your toenails. But it starts from the inside, and it decays from the inside out. Am I right about that, Sarah? Okay. Appreciate my nurse over here keeping me straight. But you think about this. I believe that Jude is speaking about religion in the last days. And you think about these churches. You know what's going to happen? And you think about this. How many of you have just gone down the road and you've seen a deer in June, July, or August that's been hit by a car. And that thing's laying there and it looks like it's about to pop. I mean, them legs are straight out. It's swelling, am I not? It's swelling and it's rotting from the inside. It looks larger. It looks bigger. But there's no life there. You think about these big churches. You think about these, these big mega churches. You know where the, the so-called preacher doesn't get up. Or gets up and, and does not call sin, sin. You think about that tonight. And how they're growing. They're, they're, I believe they're swelling from within. There's no life there. You think about it. That's where we're at today. That's what Jude said we're going to see in the last days. Just prior to the second coming of the Lord Jesus. You think about it. Those preachers get up and they they don't call sin sin, they don't they don't preach against ungodly living and, and I'll, I'll go even another step farther. They don't even believe that this right here is the word of God. I'll tell you that there's other ways to get there other other than the way of the Lord Jesus. And I believe that's where we're at today. Let me just say this. I believe as a Christian A born-again believer in the Lord Jesus, I believe we ought to live a holy life. I believe we ought to strive every day, have a desire to live a holy life. God's Word tells us, He said, Be ye holy as I am holy. And how I'm challenged by that every day. We ought to challenge ourselves every day to live a holy life. Dedicated and devoted unto Him. You know, in verse number 19, notice this. He said... Having not the Spirit. And you know, that's something that troubles me when I begin to think about individuals. You know, he he told us there in one place that they would, how was it he put it, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. You know, they want to put on a show make put on a front and make you look make it look like they've got something, but when when it's really revealed, they have absolutely nothing at all and if God's spirit ain't in it, I don't want nothing of it don't want no part of it but but you think about this you know, I thought about how this nation as we know it, I believe has declined spiritually and you think how If it goes another five years the way it's gone, where are we going to be five years from now? If it goes another ten years the way it's gone, where are we going to be at then? But you know what? Before a nation can decline spiritually, you know what's got to happen? We've got to decline personally. Would you agree with me about that? Sure. It starts right here, does it not? It starts right here with me. It starts right there with you. Now you think about this. I'll be done, done here in just a moment. But you know, I thought about these ones, you know, that uh, I, I thought about my own children. And I think about going back to when I was their age or even earlier in life, when I was just a teenager or younger. I thought how... You know, life was back then. And you know, things that that men and women would not even talk about in private back then, it's common today. And you know what? We're supposed to accept it. I draw the line. Enough's enough. I'm tired of it. Enough's enough. And I'm I'm not going to go no farther. But you think about this. You know, I'm, I'm afraid and I'm concerned that we're losing the nation as we once knew it. We're losing the United States as we once knew it. And I'm concerned about my children and their future. Concerned about, about their children and, and their children's future. My goodness, you think where we've gotten ourselves into. And uh, You know, I thought about this. I'll be done. But uh, I thought about, you know, so what do we do? We see all these things happening in the world today. and We see all these things happening in the individual's life. And you know what? The ones that we had confidence in. Ones that were faithful here every time the doors were open. You know what? Where are they at? The ones that we just knew every time the doors were open. They were, going, they were a fixture in the church. And now, they've turned and walked away from God and quit on God. Left the church unfaithful to the house of God. And now, you know, but I thought about this. When we see these things, we see these ones that are unfaithful. We see the perversion of the flesh, the corruption of the flesh. And we see all these things happen. We see all these churches and and, and the, the lifeless churches that we see today. Growing big, vast, huge Thousands and thousands of people they're growing multiplying every day but there's no life in them when we see those things you know what I want to do? I just want to take up my children I want to take up my family and I want to run and hide somewhere in a rock somewhere and protect them and save them keep them safe worry about my family in the days to come but you know what notice this that's not what He tells us to do I want you to I want you to notice in verse number 22, verse 22 and 23, he says, And of some, having compassion, making a difference. You know what we ought to do? Instead of just running in and grabbing our family and tucking our tail and running, you know what we ought to do? We ought to keep knocking. We ought to keep preaching. We ought to keep singing. We ought to keep going. We ought to keep telling. You know why? There's going to be a lot of them that'll slam the door on your foot, won't they, Jay? But you know what? There'll be some that will receive. There'll be some that he, that will accept. You know what we ought to do is keep going and preaching the gospel to this lost and dying. You know what? They may be the only Bible that they'll that you'll that they'll read is you witnessing to them. You think about that. Look in verse number twenty-three and others. Saved with fear. Pulling them out of the fire. Hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Well, that's powerful. You think about that. Hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. How we ought to keep our flesh out of it. But you know what? We ought to love sinners. Love them. Love them and bring them in. And show them the love of Christ. And, and you know. The, the He told us there. I believe it was in. I don't remember where it was at exactly, but he tells us that if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. That tells me that I've got a gospel. That tells me that you've got a gospel. Now what is the gospel? It's the good news concerning the Lord Jesus. You know what? I've got good news about Jesus. He saved a little ten-year-old boy. Bless his holy name. Hey, I ain't got over it yet that He saved me on August the 8th of 1988. Made a difference and made a change in my life. And I owe my life to that man tonight for what He has done for me. And what He's going to do for me. But you think about that. We've got a Gospel. We've got to go tell the world about Jesus. So that they'll come in and and have a relationship and be saved and know the Lord Jesus. But you know what? There's going to be some... That'll believe. I believe that. I, believe, I God's not through yet. God, God ain't thrown in the towel. God's not sitting up there twiddling these thumbs wondering what His next move is. He's still in control today. Though it looks bleak and dark out in the world, outside the four walls of this church, God is still in control today. Thank God to know that He is. You know what? I'd make a complete mess of it i turn a plum upside down. But thank God He's in control today. Would you stand with me tonight? I know that was a little bit different. But I make no apologies for it. I feel like I've given you just what the Lord has given me. Now it's up to you. I just want to encourage you tonight, church. It's not time to throw in the towel. It's not time to quit on God. It's not time to walk away from God. But if there has ever been a time in the history of mankind that we ought to be faithful to the Lord, I believe it's right today. I believe it's right today.